Welcome, everyone. So glad to have all of you joining us today. And if it is your first time joining us at RCC or the first time you've been in a while, we're at the end of a six-week series, sermon series entitled Share the Experience. And the question that we've been asking, which this whole series is built on, is does the message of the church matter? Now, this is a question our entire staff has had to recently ask because in 2020, our buildings, like those of many other organizations, were closed for months because of the coronavirus. And though our church has never shut down, participation, it dropped off, and it is still lower now than it was prior to the pandemic. And that's not just RCC. That has been the case with many, many churches. So the question we were forced to ask is, is the church still relevant? In other words, can the message of the church still make a difference in your life, in your family, in a city, a community, in a culture, in our nation? And then ultimately, can it make a difference in our world? And as we've talked about for the last five weeks, we are convinced the answer is yes. And here's why. Because as the church, we are stewards of the message of eternal life and a better life. And what we've been reminded over, of over the last few weeks is that the message that we have the responsibility and the privilege to carry isn't just a message that makes a difference after you die. No, it is a message that makes a difference right now. See, it's a message that makes us better at life and makes life so much better. It's a message that leads to better values, better behaviors, and a better society and culture and a country. And when the church stewards these messages that we've been talking about, everybody benefits. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at another part of the message that we are called to steward as a church. A message that 2020 reminded us that we have not talked about enough. It is this message, the message of eternal life. Now, here's the thing. While 2020, it, it threw a lot of things at us. One of the things, though, that it really threw in our face was the reminder that we are mortal beings. In fact, what 2020 did, it put death at the forefront of our thinking. And here's what we learned. We learn that we have developed a very, very reactive relationship with death. In fact, we, we used to joke and say, hey, the only thing for sure in life is death and taxes. Well, 2020 taught us that instead of being sure of that, the reality is we are shocked at that. More than that, it showed us that when death happens differently than we envision, what happens is we feel betrayed, like, like some sort of cosmic promise has been broken by God. Now, the reality is, is that the stories and the images from media, they wreak havoc on our minds and our souls. Like what is happening in our nation and around the world, it is absolutely scary, isn't it? And because of that, fears like at this all-time high. But here's what we all know when we really stop and think about it, that a fear-filled life it isn't really living, which is why today we're challenging you to think about eternity. And so to get us started, I want to ask you a question. I really want you to think about this question. Here's the question. What will heaven be like? Think about that for a moment. What will heaven be like? Now, here's why this question 
is so relevant. A Gallup poll in Pew Research showed that somewhere between 72 and 81% of Americans, they believe in heaven. Think about that. 81% of Americans. And yet, most of the same 81%, they readily admit that they have no clear understanding or vision of what heaven is going to be like. Now, that's a problem. Because when there's no clear understanding of what heaven's going to be like, in many ways what happens is heaven and eternity, they just get trivialized. I mean, think about it. Heaven is trivialized in so many different ways in our culture, especially how it is depicted in movies and even in cartoons. I mean, there's, there's lots and lots and lots of white, fluffy clouds. And in, fact, in fact, sometimes in the movies when people are in heaven... The way they're depicted is you, you can only see them like from their waist up because they're walking around in all of these clouds. Or the mindset also sometimes comes across of like one big open room or this one big open space or these choir robes or these angel wings. And everybody's walking around on these streets of gold and there's all this glass and there's a lot of singing. Now, to make sure you get this. When we have no clear understanding of heaven, we trivialize it. You might want to write this down. When heaven is trivialized, our lives become marginalized. Don't miss that. When heaven is trivialized, our lives become marginalized. We're going to talk about how that happens because here's what we do. We think heaven and eternity have very, very little impact on our lives today, on the way that most of us live or think about our day-to-day lives. See, for most of us, heaven and eternity have nothing to do with how we do life on Monday. And yet, here's what we're going to discover. Life is best lived in light of eternity. So when you don't have a really clear picture of eternity, what it does, it muddles your ability to live life well. And what we do is we act like heaven doesn't matter for today. But as we're going to see from Scripture today, the opposite is very true. In fact, when we understand what the Scripture teaches about eternity, it not only gives us a greater and a grander vision for eternity, what it also does, it gives us a greater and a grander vision for our life on Monday morning. Now, to help us get a real clear picture of how eternity impacts today, we need to talk about two common misconceptions that people have about eternity and heaven. And I'm going to tell you, These misconceptions, they are true for people who are Christ followers and for people who are not Christ followers. So let me give you the first misconception, and then we're going to talk about it. So misconception number one is, heaven will be sort of kind of boring, so earth is sort of kind of better. Now, while most people would never say this out loud, I think if we're all honest, most of us, we've thought this before. So, to answer this misconception, we're going to look at several passages from the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and chapter 22. I'd encourage you to follow along in your Bible. The first one is found in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, and here's what it says. And he, referring to Jesus, he's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain 
For the old order of things, the old order of things is referring to what we're experiencing right here in this life. He says, for the old order of things has passed away. Now, when you really stop and you think about what the Apostle John wrote right here, this verse is like one of the most staggering claims any human being has ever made. See, the Apostle John, who wrote this passage, he says, you make a list of the suffering of this present time, of everything that has resulted out of war or a pandemic or a famine or loss or cancer or pain or death. You make a list of your deepest hurt, your worst loss, your most difficult relationships, your deepest disappointments. And he says, one day, all of that that is causing you pain and hurt and heartache, it is going to be set right. Which means this, if all is set right, you want to make sure you write this down, in heaven, you'll be thoroughly joyful. See, the day is coming when you'll be thoroughly joyful to the core of your being. Because as John said in Revelation 21 verse 4, God will set all things right. And that is going to just be one amazing experience. No more mourning. All the tears will be wiped away. No more pain. No more suffering. But that's not all. Look at Revelation 22, verse 5, at the end of the verse. There's just one phrase that I want to point out because it is so powerful. And he says this, And they will reign forever and ever. Now, they here is referring to the people of God. Those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ... He says, they, followers of Jesus Christ, they will reign forever and ever. Now, the question is, what does that involve? What does that mean to reign forever and ever? Well, reigning forever and ever is a statement about God redeeming that for which we were made for in the first place. Don't miss this. This goes all the way back to the beginning, back to Genesis. It goes back to the Garden of Eden where God said that we as human beings, we are created in the image of God and we were made to reign in cooperation with him over his creation. We were made to work and to be fruitful. Now, that is why basically every person has this God-given desire to grow and to learn and to contribute and to produce. And here's the thing, that need is not going to be frustrated at all in heaven. Listen, that need or that desire to grow and learn and contribute and produce, it is not going to be over when you get to heaven. Instead, what's going to happen is, and this is so exciting to me because I'm a type A kind of person, your productivity is finally going to be able to be fully expressed in heaven. Your gifts, your abilities, they're going to be finally be able to be fully actualized. Now, and what that means is you will be astoundingly productive in heaven. So you want to write that down as well. You will be astoundingly productive in heaven. So here's what that means for us. On this side of heaven, you grow as much as you can. You hone your gifts as much as you can. You develop your skills as much as you can. You discover and unleash your abilities that God has given you. And then what you do is tomorrow you go to work with diligence and passions because heaven is not a retirement village. 
It is the start of our real jobs. Now, this may sound surprising, but God did not design you the way you are to eventually park your gifts and your passions away. No, no. God's purpose when he created for you is eternal. And what we have to understand from what John is saying is earth is just the warm-up act. Your real contributions with your life, they are all before you in eternity. So in heaven, you'll be thoroughly joyful. You'll be astoundingly productive. But I want you to look at what else you will be in heaven. And it's found in another set of images that we find in Revelation chapter 22. You'll go back to verse 1 and 2. This is what it says. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. Now, you got to understand something about this imagery here. These 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month, this is not referring to how we're going to be fed or what we're going to eat in heaven. This is not the menu in heaven. This image is used to say that you will be content and you will be satisfied. All of your needs are going to be met in heaven. So write this down. In heaven, you will be completely fulfilled. In other words, we think here in this life, on this earth, if, if life could just get back to normal, or if we could just have more, or if we had more opportunities, then somehow we would be satisfied and, and we would be fulfilled. So what happens if we're not careful, our life, it just becomes this crazy chase after trends for which we believe are going to lead to some kind of contentment, some kind of satisfaction, some kind of fulfillment, but we all know they don't. But because of heaven, there is hope because the day is coming when you will be completely fulfilled. You will be completely satisfied. You will be content. Listen, this can be your destiny, thoroughly joyful, astoundingly productive, and completely fulfilled. Listen, this is your possible future if you want it to be. This is heaven. Now, many of you hear this and, and you think, but how does that change how I live and view today? Well, to get there, we need to talk about a second misconception about heaven. And so I want you to go ahead and write it down, and, and then we're going to talk about it. So misconception number two is what you do on this earth determines whether you go to heaven. But once you're there, it's the same for everybody. And, and the truth is, Scripture teaches the exact opposite of that. Only by faith in Christ does one receive salvation and eternal life. But here's the thing. The Bible doesn't stop there. It makes a very interesting point in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Look at what the Apostle Paul writes there. He says, for we must all, so nobody's exempt from this, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone, so he reminds us again that nobody is exempt from this, that everyone may receive what is due them 
for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, when you really stop and look at this verse, this is a bit of a sobering point. And make sure you understand, the Apostle Paul doesn't just refer to this or reference this here. He references this again in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. And Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. And he refers to it in Matthew chapter 25 as well. In fact, there are over 25 verses in the New Testament that reference this idea in some manner. In other words, what he's saying is part of the law of sowing and reaping is what we sow in this life, we reap the reward in eternity. And I know when you hear this, especially if you're hearing this for the very first time, it can be a little bit unsettling. It can be a little bit disturbing. In fact, it can be a little bit alarming because what it does is, is it no longer allows me to buy into the myth that how I live my life as a Christ follower here and now doesn't affect what my life will be like in eternity. See, that's what so many people plan for, that no matter how I live today in heaven, I'm going to experience the same level of reward as everyone else. And that kind of thinking, it is inconsistent according to the Bible. So make sure you get this. Everybody gets into heaven the same way, through faith in Christ. Do not miss that. Everybody gets into heaven the same way, through faith in Jesus Christ. It's by God's abundant and his amazing grace that we are saved. Our works on this earth, they play no role in God's saving grace in our life. We cannot earn our way into heaven by our works. But make sure you get this. Our salvation is not the same as our reward. Don't miss that. Our salvation is not the same as our reward. And Jesus and the Apostle Paul, they are very clear that we will be rewarded or we will not be rewarded in eternity in heaven for what we have done in this life. So in light of that, we understand every day matters. Now, do you know what it means when we say every day matters for what's going to our eternity is going to be like. It means that your business deal this week is far more important than maybe you originally thought that it was. I mean, think about it this way. If you conduct your business deals in a God-honoring way with integrity and excellence, there is coming a day when you will stand before God and you're going to hear God say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Great is your reward. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to set you over many things. See, it also means that the decisions you make at school this week, they're far more important than may have, you may have originally thought they were. It, it means how you spend your money this week is far more important than maybe you originally thought they were. It means how you interact and treat other people this week in your workplace and in your home are far more important than what you originally thought they were. In fact, C.S. Lewis, he once said, if you read history, you find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were, the, were those that thought most of the next. Don't, don't miss that. He says, the Christians who did the most for this present world were those who thought most 
of the next. Which is why he wrote in The Joyful Christian, he said these words, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. So here's what we challenge you to do this week. Write this down. Make one decision each day that reflects the truth about eternity with God. Now, it may could be something that you do in your marriage. It might be something that you do in your workplace. It might be something that you do for another person. But do at least one thing each day that you think will stand the test of time, that will stand the test of eternity. Spend your time in a way that will be timeless. And here's the thing. If you do this, how you will do life will absolutely change. In fact, I'll never forget this defining moment in my life, this moment when this really became a reality in my life, that how I do life here now, it affects my eternity. I was at a leadership conference and I heard Wes Stafford, who was the president of Compassion International, he he made this statement. He said, when I cross from this life to the next, I not only want to have God wipe away the last tear from my eye, but I also want him to be wiping the sweat from my brow, from my service to him. Listen, this can be your destiny, an eternity that is thoroughly joyful, astoundingly productive, and completely fulfilling. That that can be your destiny, that can be your future, that can be your life if you want it to be. That's heaven. So again, back to our question that we started this whole series with, and that is, does the message of the church matter? Absolutely, because God wants to share eternity with us, and not just with us, but everyone that he ever created, everyone that has ever lived on planet Earth. More than anything else, we need to be reminded daily that we weren't just created to live on this earth and then die. God has long-range plans for us. He, he made all of us to live forever. Please, please don't miss this next statement. One day, the hearts of the person or every person that you're going to engage with this week, they're going to stop. That's going to be the end of their hearts, but it will not be the end of them. They are going to last for trillions and trillions and trillions of years. And God wants them to be part of his family. And that's why we have to share the experience that earth is just the warm-up act. In fact, here's the truth for this life. And, And this is what so many of us miss when we say something like, well, I just wish things could get back to normal. Every time you experience joy, every time you experience this little burst of productivity and it doesn't get squashed or inhibited in any way, any time you experience purity and fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction, it's just a glimpse here and now of what your future destiny can be even to a much greater level. Listen. Life here on this earth, it's just the intro to our real life. When we step into heaven from this life to the next life, in fact, death is the gate to life. 
When we step into heaven, we begin chapter one, and every chapter after that, it just gets better and better than the one before. In fact, I think that's why the Apostle Paul wrote these words to the church at Corinth when he says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See, the Apostle Paul says, no matter what anyone says trying to explain how amazing eternal life is going to be in heaven, including the things that I've said this morning, he says, nothing you've ever heard, nothing you've ever seen, nothing you've ever read, nothing you've ever experienced, nothing has even come close to describing the wonder of heaven. Nothing close to the reality of heaven, don't miss this, has ever entered in to the hearts of man for what heaven is really going to be like. Now, the Apostle John who wrote the book of Revelation is is really clear about another thing, and that is this. Not, Not all human beings will end up with that destiny in heaven. In fact, there are those of you that may be listening online or sitting in one of our churches today, and and you've chosen to not be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You, you've chosen to be outside of a relationship with Jesus, and that may be because of your experience so far in life. But it would be a tragedy from our point of view as Christ followers not to make the most of this opportunity to have that kind of destiny. And I'll just say to you, if you're, if you're not ready to make a commitment to follow Jesus yet and you still have some questions, we would love for you to lean in and ask those questions. And maybe you're just saying, I, I don't even agree with this stuff yet. That, that's okay. Many of us have been right where you're at. We would just encourage you, man, in 2021, just keep coming back till you get those questions answered and we can help you on your faith journey. But let me just say this to some other of you. If heaven and eternity have seemed trivialized in your life, marginalized, or maybe for some of you even scary, our challenge to you today It is to embrace eternity by receiving the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ because the reality is every one of us, we're going to step through the gate of death into eternity. It's going to happen. So we would challenge you, man, embrace eternity, but choose the incredible destiny of an eternity with your heavenly Father in heaven by receiving the gift of God's forgiveness. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to embrace eternity, but an eternity with God as your Father and Jesus as your Savior, because it would be so, so tragic to spend this short life here on this earth in fear of eternity, in fear of something that is so perfect, so amazing that our minds, we can't even conceive it. Now, for those of you who have made the commitment to follow Jesus, our prayer for you is that as well as anticipating and hoping for that moment when you experience such an amazing, amazing destiny that you can't even comprehend it, that you'll do everything you can to help everyone know the experience of such an amazing eternity with God. And then will you just make one decision every day? Start out with one and then let it become two and then three. But make a decision every day this week that reflects the truth about eternity with God. Remember, heaven is a very real place. And hell, the place where God is not, 
It's a very real place. And very real people end up in one of those two places because everybody spends forever somewhere. So folks, we have to share the experience. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I I thank you. I thank you for the glimpse of a glorious future that is beyond our comprehension. And God, right now, I specifically pray for every man, every woman, every student who has lived through this pandemic, petrified in fear of death, in fear of eternity. And I just pray this will be the moment, God, when we find freedom from our fear. God, I thank you. I thank you that we have the opportunity to embrace eternity. And while none of us want to experience the loss of a loved one and the pain that we experience in this life when someone that we love and care about dies, God, the reality is we're all mortal beings. And I pray that you help us in this moment to embrace the fact that we can have this amazing destiny if we just receive your forgiveness and your amazing grace. If you're listening this morning and you have never received God's forgiveness and grace, will you just say this prayer in your heart as I say it out loud? There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's just you stepping in to embracing faith in Jesus Christ and embracing a new eternity. Just say, Jesus, today I I step into a life of faith. I'm trusting you to be my Lord and my Savior. I confess to you, God, that I have sinned against you and I've sinned against others, and I'm asking you right now to forgive me of all of my sin. And I just want to thank you for giving me this incredible opportunity to experience a whole new life for all of eternity, not just here and now, but for all of eternity. So God, I just ask you to come in my heart, be my Lord and my Savior, my sin forgiver from this day forward. I'm going to choose to lean in. I'm going to choose to learn what it means to be a follower and live my life every day in light of eternity. If you just prayed that prayer, we'd love to know that. If you're sitting at one of our churches, please fill out that on your Connect card, and you can drop that off in the giving boxes on your way out, or you can hand it to one of our guest services team, or you can stop by the gallery. We'd love to have a conversation with you. If you're online, man, let us know on the app. There's a Connect card there, and we'll reach out and help you know how to take some next steps. But for all of us, Let's share the experience that eternity can be something so much more amazing than any of us ever imagined. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. Help us to live our lives in light of eternity with the understanding that we we will experience this amazing destiny because of your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. 
Hey, thanks everyone for being with us today. And for the last six weeks, we thank you for being part of this series, Share the Experience. So we have a message to share. Let's go out and share it. And then make sure you're inviting someone either to join you online or come sit with you in the room because next week we start a brand new relationship series. You don't want to miss it entitled, Don't Take the Bait. We'll see you next week.